Hey everybody, you're listening to the High Sessions Hawaii podcast where we talk about everything local and beyond. I'm your host, John Yamasato. Joining me today is Mr. Devin Nicoba. took a pause there. Dude. I almost said Kyle Schumer's a girl. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm just so used to saying it. Yeah, I know. But he's not here today. Kyle's not here today. He's uh, supposedly been exposed. <laughs> Whatever. Again. Yeah. But uh, I miss Kyle because... Uh, you know, Devin comes right before we shoot, not because of any fault of Devin's, but because he's got a schedule and mm-hmm. he just makes it here for the shoots. Kyle always shows up early and we have about, you know, 40 minutes to just talk story and see how everyone's doing. So today I was just sitting around by myself. There was no <laughs> Kyle to kind of bounce off. So Kyle, we hope you're feeling I better. I a little earlier. Yeah, you did. Uh, you, so that was nice. That was nice. Yeah. yeah. But I uh, hope you're feeling better, buddy. And um, Whatever, dude. You missed he's this fine. Person. I texted him just now and he's like, oh, good. No, nothing. <laughs> Get your ass over here. Okay. Of course. Anyway. Of course. But um, the other new thing is that we have this new camera that yeah. we're using. So hopefully it works. Otherwise, we'll be using the, the phone I know. And I'm so used to looking at that one. I'm mm-hmm. always looking at that one instead of looking over here. Hi. Yeah. So it's that's... Ju- and see, it's, it's, it's got a little red light, so dude. we know that it's, uh, it's recording, too. Oh, that's perfect for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Can right. Can you go check? Can you go check? Can you that's go right. check? So anyway, um, so Devin's here. Okay, before we begin, let me remind our listeners of all the ways they can stay in touch with the show. There is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at High Sessions. They can go to SoundCloud, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts to listen to the podcast. And finally, you can email us at highsessions at yahoo.com with any questions. If you'd like to help the show, get more music on the channel, you can go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and donate. There you'll be more involved with the show, help figure out who's going to be on the show, we have people coming in for vacation in December. They're already planning on stopping by the podcast. Really? Yeah. So uh, cool. are, do make We are a destination. There. Yeah. Yeah. So feel free to stop by. You get, you get Ruger Market. We'll, we'll buy you lunch oh. and, uh, <coughs> and hang out with us. Bonus. Oh, and uh, please uh, make sure that you uh, like do the rating thing. And oh, yeah, do, yeah. Make it five stars, please. If you're going to do less than five stars, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> but the five stars really help. Uh, the algorithm find us and all that stuff. Yeah, and promote us. Yeah. Yes, yes. Thank yes. you. You can go to Kupu Kupu Landscaping, Landscape Architects. Uh, you can call Kevin Yokomura, 808-722-8685 for a free estimate on any landscaping needs. Or you can go to kupukupulandscaping.com. Of course, Fort Ruger Market, which uh, I ate just now. And that's why my voice is a little bit uh, raspy. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, try- I'm trying to clear it, but um, yeah. it's not working. It is what it is. <laughs> So thank you to Fort Ruger Market for the wonderful lunch. You can find Devin, Kumu94.7, and we'll give Kyle a plug, even though he's not here, at highlifeclothing.com. Now, I'd like to introduce our guest, Mr. Je- Jesse Makadangdang. Makadangdang? Hey. Dang. Close enough. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did both, yeah? yeah. Either way, I've heard it a whole, uh, I've heard it a lot of different ways. So. It's one of the best ways I've heard. Yeah. So uh, Jesse is uh, works at PBS, and he's working on a documentary right now, which is pretty interesting about reggae music in Hawaii. That's and right. So that's what we wanted to talk about for the most part. But before we get into that, sure. I had this question: mm-hmm. How does it feel to be immortalized forever in one of the most popular Hawaiian Christmas songs um, that has ever been recorded? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> never heard. Never heard, never heard it. Heard it. Every day in elementary school, <laughs> don't know what she's talking about. No, it's it's cool. Uh, and I met Frank in my uh, in my adult years, and he's so apologetic. <laughs> oh man, no, but but it's I kind know. of an honor, right? I, I know, mean, it's yeah, like, it is. It is the opening line to yes. that iconic song. Yeah. yeah, that 
we'll live. Well, who knows? Maybe one day it'll get canceled. But I mean, until well, they tried that, to, and it, they, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah until that, I've tried I mean, it. Come on, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. a it's a classic. Everybody loves it, yeah. and so. Um, yeah, when I hear it, it just brings a smile to my face. It's better to have a memorable name, I think. So yeah, we've had Glenn Mishiro on this podcast too, so mm-hmm. we're, we're batting pretty pretty well. Yeah, we just got to find a fake Yanagi, and then we got to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so um, let, or let's Abdullah Fatai. <laughs> I don't know that one. You never heard Abdullah Fatai? No, that's another it's Frank. Members, yeah. Some of the Frank. Oh, okay, yeah. all right, okay. Abdullah, Abdullah, Abdullah Fatai. Anyway. <laughs> Um, okay, so you're at PBS now, but you yeah. have a storied TV career. So let's talk hmm. about wh- where you come from. So you didn't just start at PBS. Yeah, no. I, I Before PBS, I was at KHON as the marketing director. I've also produced a show called Sam Choi's in the Kitchen, which yeah, you were I've on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, John didn't remember him when he said, no, yeah. we worked together. John was like, really? Well, <laughs> you know, it was one day, you know. It was one day. John, John Denary does suck the air out of any room. He does. Day. He really does. So I remember John the most. In a good way. Most. In a good way, John. Yeah, because he was. Because he's going to be on the pod soon. Yeah, he was just this bombastic character that comes mm-hmm. in out of nowhere. I mean, he he's more just than I should say personality dynamic than Sam is. You know, mm-hmm. and he taught me about the uh, the bug assault, the salt right. gun that right. kills flies. Oh, That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I was more focused on that than I think production and, you know, everybody running around in the background. Yeah. Yeah. So I was at KHON. I did that uh, before that. Before TV, um, it was just a passion of mine before I made it a profession. Um, Yeah. Yeah. KHON for seven years and now PBS for two. How how has it changed over the years, TV? I mean, it's got to be completely different, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and I started at KCHON in 2014, and that's already right in the middle of the oh. YouTube era. So yeah. things are already kind of transitioning to digital. And now more so like TV itself, cable TV, it's, I don't want to say di- dying, it's evolving into something else. It's changing into something mm. completely different. And yeah, t- TV, if you work in TV, you know, like, it's now we're kind of having an identity crisis. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because everything's kind of seems like it's all just morphing together. Because yeah. now you film TV, but then you take that product and you put it on YouTube and you put it here, you put it mm-hmm. there, and it's just everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But at, at, was there a time where people thought, like, oh, we don't need to do internet, we're TV, right? We're different. Yeah. But now it's all morphing together, is it? Yeah. There, um, in a way, there's still people like that. We're just, you know, TV is the king and internet is where you just put your bonus, your extra stuff. Mm. It's not considered a level medium when in reality it might be, it might have surpassed TV now with things yeah. like Netflix and Hulu and even mm. YouTube. Like a lot of people are cord cutters now, you know. Yeah, my, my kids don't watch any terrestrial TV. Everything is TikTok and YouTube right. and and all that stuff. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even in our house, we have that big TV and I have a uh, spectrum and direct TV and my parent, my kids get on there and they're watching Netflix. I'm like, yeah. Hey man, they fought out of the stuff. Yeah. Out of the I'm programming. paying all this money yeah. for, you know, yeah, even things them. like, even things like Hulu have like a, like TV where they have like channels mm-hmm. that, that yes. run linear, you know? Yeah. So yeah, there's almost kind of no need for that traditional cable anymore. Now, now, PBS is a little different because you're a publicly funded uh, company right. and you guys are 
kind of to service Hawaii and you do a lot of local programming. Yes. And so um, how's it been with that move there from from terrestrial TV, I guess you could say? I think it's it's the same. It's any TV station is going to have to deal with deal with the transition where people are not watching you mm. on broadcast anymore. And, you know, we see it. I, I see our YouTube analytics and, you know, it's it's the same it's the same uh, audience. It's the 40, 50, 60 and up that watch us on TV. They're watching us on YouTube now. So mm. it's, a, it's a transition that we're, we're going through right now where, um, you know, uh, you know how, you, how we produce content. Because you know, it's different um, producing a 28-30 TV show as opposed to something like a 15, 16-minute and untimed YouTube video. Um, different formats, different, you know, different things to account for. So it's just trying to figure out how to do both because we are a TV station, but but we also have to acknowledge that that's changing. What yeah. that is is changing. Well, you know, I've been pitching this to the team a lot for high sessions over the years, you know, because nowadays we have these cameras that can run 24 hours a day and just continually stream, right? Right. And you can stream to YouTube. I'm like, we should do a telethon, like a Jerry Lewis. I'll be Jerry Lewis, and I'll invite guests on, and we'll just do like 24 hours straight, you know, through the night, and then I'll untie my tie, and I'll be smoking a cigarette at the end, and try to like raise some money for the High Sessions channel, you yeah. know? But I think uh, just the will is not there from the crew. I don't think the camera guys and stuff are like, uh, The crew? Dude. As fundamentally lazy as you are, there is no way, dude. What do you mean? 24 that hours? I of, yeah, 24 I, I hours. I think I could do it. There? I could psych myself up to do it. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we'd have musical acts coming in, so you would need a crew to, the sound crew to set that up, and then, you know, yeah, I can't. I, you know. And then at the end, your voice would be all hash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> Everybody, thank you very much for giving. <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of fun, it seems right? a little weird to be, uh, you know, asking money for high sessions. Yeah, Just well, saying. I mean, if. You know, we got to keep the lights on somehow. <laughs> because yeah. nowadays you can you can do live streams for people who can donate. Mm -hmm. And we, we used to do live streams, you know, uh, four or Twitch. five years ago. On Twitch, right? Well, we were doing Twitch, yeah. which is a little different than YouTube. But at, at the time, we did Twitch because YouTube didn't have a monetary uh, system set up for live streaming yet. Right. And so Twitch had that. But now YouTube kind of has gained that ability where people can donate directly. And, you know, so um, maybe we'll do that in the future or whatever. But that, that's it. You guys can run with it. If you want to do your PBS telethon uh, on YouTube. Yeah, we, we, the, the donation games change, too, because, you know, we do those pledge events. We do the telethons yeah. Yeah. Yeah, every, every few months. So, so Because, see, people nowadays, they don't want to call no. and yeah. give a credit card number or a phone. But mm -hmm. they'll sit there at their YouTube thing and, and put their credit card and just, mm -hmm. you know, give a donation just that way. Click so. the donate button. That's it. Yeah. 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 much easier yeah so yeah let me know if you want to do it okay <laughs> i'm down ben i just miss, I just miss sesame street man oh. it's still there i know i know but it's not the same no hmm. it's still for kids i know it's different and i'm old huh they don't they don't have uh um, mick jagger on singing about you know, throwing uh, away i remember i i remember more skits about stuff yeah oh. a lot of muppets doing skits and things yeah and now it's not that oh, like really? they, you it was it was very um 
Uh, it was very non sequitur when it was Sesame Street before. There'd be sort of a through line. Right. right? Like, let's be nice to people kind of right. thing. But then in the middle of it, you'd have some Muppet character going, Monomonop, <laughs> you go like, what the hell? Like, there was no educational benefit to it at all, other than you learned this dumb song that you could sing. And then, um, and then you'd learn, you know, your ABCs. Right. Or one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. ten, eleven, twelve. You know what I mean? It's stuff that's stuck in my head to this day, and right, I'm right, fifty right. something years old. So, um, and I, I think my kids actually kind of missed that boat a little bit, um, because once, well, my my kids like the Wiggles. Yeah, the Wiggles or Paw Patrol or whatever. But that yeah. that that part of it where they taught the kids stuff through either really funny jingles or cute little skits that were happening, right? That that part is kind of gone. Mm-hmm. At least the Sesame Street that I watch. Either that or they're trying to keep the kids engaged all the time. So it's just constant. It's like ADHD mm-hmm. on steroids and yeah. just stuff flashing at you all the time. It's like, holy crap. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jesse, you got to fix that. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so l- let's talk a little bit about your your is this a passion project sure. or is this, is this part of pbs it was part of pbs uh, and it kind of came out of you know uh just something that i have always thought about um just reggae music in hawaii is kind of in my mind not seen at the same level as traditional hawaiian music or you know what you when you think of the legendary musicians from the 70s and the 80s it almost seems like if you were to read a history book about local hawaiian music it stops right at like 1989 and you know <laughs> you don't you don't really acknowledge the fijis and the and the bochelemanos of the, of of, the, of that mm. era so um it's something that i always thought about and being at pbs and uh, you know who are known for telling those t- types of stories about community and culture. Um, that was something that they never did. And it's something that I've never seen. So it's kind of a natural when I, when I started thinking about a project to do, that was one of the, that was one of the top ones. So, so how far along in the uh, production are you? Uh, we're still shooting interviews. Um, oh. We just shot birthday bash this past weekend. Oh uh, man, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy a crazy turnout for a birthday bash um and a lot of the older bands were there too yep. which is which i was surprised to see like bands from 20 years ago it's all coming back dude the yeah 10 feet was there mm-hmm. um, yeah capenna was there and it was there wow. three plus closed yeah wow yeah. really yeah. yeah and that's a, that's been the interesting thing i think we were talking about it. I, um i just and i met up because uh, uh we have a mutual uh friend jody uh Shiroma. hi jody um uh, Got to give her a shout out, but she's my classmate from high school. Well, she's younger, but um, <laughs> uh, she called me and said, "Hey, uh, this guy Jesse, he's gonna do this film or this documentary about Hawaiian reggae." He goes, "And uh, I thought you'd be good to talk to him." And I said, "Okay, me, I guess so." And I, you know, because I have history in there. Well, I, mean, I know, but I I completely forget about it sometimes because I I was there when it started. Right? Yeah, and then right about when it started to really, really take off, I got fired from radio. So then I wasn't, I wasn't really in that. I wasn't in the field anymore. I was doing other stuff. So you kind of, I don't know. The the it's really easy to sort of get lost in it. But the funny thing is that now, all those bands that I came up with are all 
coming back and performing. So you'll see 10 feet and yep. a whole bunch of stuff. You'll see pure heart yep. and things from time to time. You, you know what I mean? And it's, it's really kind of cool. I mean, Hawaiian style band, dude. Oh, that's right. They were there this weekend as well. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I know they're not super reggae, but they've got reggae influence on what they do. And, um, you know, they were fantastic. So all that, all that old stuff is new. And I'm, I'm looking at 9,000 people, and it's 9,000 people there. This is at the stadium, nuts. right? Yeah. yeah. But it's all outdoors. And it was, yeah. they were just going nuts. It was like 9,000 people. And yeah. just cheering and so having a great time. You were there. Was it, a, it was a younger crowd? That that were there, or? surprisingly, from what I saw, it was not younger. It was maybe oh, okay, late twenties, okay. early thirties. There wasn't a lot of like younger because when I went to when I used to go to a birthday bash back in mm-hmm. you know teens and the twenties, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> um, it was people my age. But now it it seems like it's a little bit older nowadays. I'm just wondering if like um, younger people just aren't interested in going to stuff like. I mean, they're just. They want to yeah. sit there and watch TikTok videos right. that last 15 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. They can't sit through a song, yeah. man. They They'd watch can't. a stream of yeah. the birthday bash, but not go. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. No. Like, I'm going to like, stand up and it's yeah. be hot and I got to dance, you know. <laughs> and where it's and that festival thing is mm-hmm. what birthday bash was about. That's what right. They, it was a communal so experience. So maybe, they, could, maybe yeah. they just don't know, you know, like they've just never. You guys don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was kind of surprised just walking around. And like, yeah, it's it's a, yeah. not an older crowd, but not a really young crowd. Not a really young crowd. Not not the concert kind of crowd that I would think would mm. be at that at, at that event. No. So when you went uh, to do the filming, was it in order to get more interviews? Was it? Uh, I mean, sort of sort of see because talk about like perfect timing, right? Yeah. I mean, wow, uh, you're doing a thing on this and oh look it's the it's the birthday band yeah <laughs> yes like well the main you know concerts for that type of yeah, music so yeah, yeah i mean i gotta shoot it um right. i had i interviewed penny dean and he was a okay. performer so um nice. Lovett was shooting b-roll and i'm planning to interview a lot of those guys as well later on so it's good to get the performances and yeah, the b-roll nice yeah it is one of those things where like um you know i was I was there in the semi beginning. Like, who would who would you consider as the beginning beginning? I mean, a lot of people point to Butch, you know, as one of the first guys to to do the Hawaiian reggae thing. But I mean, even like uh, Peter Moon Band, you know, back in the seventies, they were doing right. um, guava jelly and stuff like that, and it mm-hmm. wasn't reggae reggae, but it right. it had some reggae roots and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but uh, where was I going with this? Um, you can that, let him oh, answer his. Oh, okay, no, no. So, so. I remember when the birthday bash first started, hmm? right? And it, it was called like Jawaiian music, right? And you had it was like the Jawaiian Jam, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, name. that's right, yeah. Jawaiian Jam. So there's Jawaiian Jam, and they would have like uh, Hawaii Kane and right. mm-hmm. the early version of Kapena, yeah, and whatnot. And um, it wasn't, you, you know, I feel like uh, wasn't looked at as um, national, like. Like, those bands weren't ready for the national spotlight or, it, you know, it wasn't really reggae. So we, sometimes they'd bring in a reggae artist and to kind of, like, make it more legit and stuff like that, right? Right, right. right. But when you think about where reggae went from from there to, like, Natural Vibrations and their innovation and how they... I mean, a lot of our reggae bands stand up to, to me 
on a national level yeah. some of these other bands like uh, big mountain and all those kind of guys who used to come in but is is there a, a little bit of that when you interview these guys uh, yeah that kind of feeling or yeah 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 um it's just the evolution because uh, you know the pioneers are going to have that influence with ukulele you know mm-hmm. they're, they're going to have the hawaiian instruments in their style of reggae which was known as joanne now not so much you know really yeah. use that word anymore <laughs> um yeah. and it's just kind of evolved with the times to where now you know you you w- it's hard to tell you can listen to a mainland reggae artist or a jamaican reggae artist and, and and the production level is on par the instrumentation is 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 similar um you know except some of them do their songs in olelo hawaii you know mm, yeah you know? what was the what was the job for you for reggae music because i mean you know no offense but just see dang dang yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> Nekoba, right. Yamasato, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. They look, yeah. People look at us and they yeah. go, oh, those guys would totally mm. be into reggae no, music. No, yeah, no, none of us are Jamaican. <laughs> um, most local reggae artists are not. Yeah. Um, it, it, was, it, it wasn't so much about reggae music. Like, I would listen to all local music. I honestly would listen to it pretty hard. I think I told you this when we shot. Yeah. Um, uh, Sam Choi back in the day. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> It was more so just like what I said before is that, you know, you'd hear, you know, Kalapana, CNK, you know, all of these bands. And then we'd stop talking about it. Like, it, you know, Peter Moon. Um, and then, and then who after that? In the 90s and the 2000s, like who, you know, mm-hmm. brother is. And then what, you know, it was Fiji, you know, there's, you know, there's contemporary also, pure heart. But when you, but I think because of what reggae was and it's kind of the polarizing nature of it that there's some hesitation to consider it in that line of local music and it's interesting because so, it did take a long time for uh, hokus to have a reggae right um award as well right 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 yeah and then um brother walter kind of blew it open with that first album mm-hmm. so like they had no choice um but it was it was more so kind of like uh it was more to maybe give these guys their flowers, you know, you see, you give them your flowers while you're still around. And, and, you know, some of these guys are not around anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think they deserve to be in the conversation when you talk about legendary musicians, artists, local artists, um, you know, modern, modern local Hawaiian music. Yeah. So when the idea came to you and I, uh, I'm trying to walk a line because we don't want to have him give away so much about yeah, the, yeah, document, the documentary. About the documentary that people are like, "Oh, what I gotta watch this thing for?" Yeah, no. but um, <laughs> but I I think that the interviews alone are gonna be worth the price of admission on this thing. Yeah. But for you, as far as I mean, uh, is there a through line that you thought of where you're like, "Okay, we're gonna start from here, mm-hmm. we're gonna go to here, we're gonna do some interviews," you know what I mean? Was that yeah. kind of what you were thinking? Uh, yeah, it it initially started with just the explosion of of local reggae music mm-hmm. which would be to say Jawine and the word Jawine and kind of the the controversy I guess you could call mm-hmm. it um around that term and that style of music uh, wasn't wasn't as oh it wasn't mainstream for sure but it was very very popular um and it became mainstream over the years um despite being divisive 
and mm. polarizing. So it was going to focus on that that era, mm. just the start of it. But it kind of quickly became apparent that you you can't really just look at that one era because then you got because then it evolved to the nineties, and then you have you know, then you have the bands like Ho'onua and and Fiji, and then now then you have the Green. And now you have Maui. Who is, who is just straight up reggae. They're not, mm-hmm. yeah. not you yep. can't consider them Jawaiian or any kind of stuff. It's yeah. just, it's just reggae right. music. Ukla the Mock. Oh, this yeah. is just yeah. reggae, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so Very roots reggae and their stuff, yeah. That's right, yeah. So it, it just became kind of just the story of all reggae in Hawaii from mm. the start, from the 70s and the 80s, really. So you're going to take them all the way up to now then? Yeah. Like, this is where reggae is now? Yes. Yeah, oh, wow. I, I gotta say when um, you know the Green as they became popular uh, at that time, I wasn't listening to too much uh, radio. Sorry, Devin. No. But one one night I'm driving home in my car, and I hit KCCN just to see what's what's up, and then uh, the Green came on. But I didn't know who it was. I was like, man, this got to be a mainland artist because this is too good. This is mm. so good you know reggae and then they're like oh this is the green i'm like oh dang this is the green i'm like oh that's great that people nowadays are like the the level of um production is so good that you can't even tell whether because before you could kind of tell like this is kind of local sounding this is it's the same keyboard kink 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 like yep there it is but probably the same guy playing along (laughs) too. You know. but at the same time i do kind of miss that Jawaiian local right because they used to throw like slack key licks and, yeah. and ukulele licks into the especially bands of Capena right mm-hmm. and that's to me what made it so attractive when I got into local music was this idea that oh there's something to play along to I can right. sing along with it like versus um, I can take my ukulele and I guess you can still do that with reggae music but you can't play exactly like them right because right. it's it is real reggae you need electric guitars and synthesizers and things like that yeah. So, yeah, everything evolves, I guess. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I should shouldn't be too old man, John, <laughs> no, and, I mean, and pine for the days past. <laughs> you know, I mean, it'll come back around. It'll come back around. I think it always does. I hope so. We'll hear oh, ukulele kinda, reggae yeah. music again. Well, kind of is already. Yeah. Well, pickers were at the birthday bash. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you mm-hmm. know, well, and well, the the hard part too, though, I think now it, though is that it's harder to gather a local. I'm before it was very clear, right? You would gather a local following and then you would try to push out from there. You'd expand out from your big local following, right? That's how Fiji did it, right? He blew up here. He's the the, the man here. He's everywhere, then, yeah. Then mainland art, mainland records, mainland people started looking at him like this could be something. Started going up to California, you know, did his thing up there. Now you start off. I mean, look at um, Mike Love, right? So he's a friend of the show he's been on our show he's started from hawaii and just boom worldwide just at the same time it wasn't like he he grew here first and then kind of transitioned he was just everywhere all at once like the movie yeah uh, part of it is is the music as the evolution of the music you know it doesn't sound localized to hawaii it sounds like it came from you know the mainland or, or wherever yeah. um and so I think it's it's translatable right away, mm. um, but that's also social media. You know, you can promote yourself everywhere immediately. You know, it, it you know you don't have to wait for word of mouth to get out of Hawaii for the mm. West Coast to know who you are. Um, there's also that thing where um, 
there are a lot of Polynesians playing reggae on the West Coast already. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, Common yeah. Kings. I know. I and that's uh, funny. I discovered Common Kings within the last year. I uh, my friends all every, a lot of people listen to them, talk about them all the time. They play on all the radio stations here, mm-hmm. and then I listened to them and I went, "Oh, these guys are really good." <laughs> and then I thought they were from here, and they're not. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's a there have been a couple bands that have been like that where mm-hmm. I'll hear a song and go, "Oh, that's a that's a band from Hawaii," and they're not a band from Hawaii. They're mm-hmm. from California or. Right wherever or san diego you know san diego la or something Mm -hmm. from those scenes and it it sounds like stuff that was created here yep well i think i think we've had a little bit of an impact right on the west coast especially yeah yeah um especially the west coast yeah because um those guys that you mentioned yeah fiji jay boog they're all touring across not just the west even touring Mm -hmm. across the united states um it's it's just grown into something that's not really only for us anymore. I would think mm-hmm. part of it is the, how the music sounds. It sounds like it could play on the radio mm-hmm. in in the mainland. Yeah. Um, but there's also a part of it too that still you, you know you know it you know it's one of our guys. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, almost forgot uh, when I, when I did the interview and we were talking. I forgot to mention one person that has been very important as a as a founding father of the whole reggae scene. That'd be Brother Nolan. Oh yeah, bro. we finished that. We finished the interview. He left, and I went, "Oh no!" Yeah. And I felt really bad because I know because I mean I we all everybody knows Nolan. Yeah, and man. His I think he was he, way before everything. Oh, he was so before a lot of people. He started playing reggae music, and we were going, "What is that sound?" Yeah. Right, like Big Ship yeah, and yeah, Coconut yeah. Girl and all that. It had all these elements that we went. Wow, what the hell is that? So I mean, I gotta I, forgive me, uh, Nolan, for not giving him props on that because he just did it quietly. He did, yeah. you know, and he also incorporated the Hawaiianness of it yeah. into the music, which is amazing. Yeah, he so. also played a lot of stuff that nobody was really, doing, you know, yeah. like jazz. Yeah. He played a lot yeah. of like a lot of different genres, yeah. And yeah. he was the only guy doing it, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Bye, bye, Pua Lane, right? And mm. All that kind of stuff, yeah. yeah. He's great. Uh, I always tell people, man, if you get to see Nolan live in concert, you should go because he's a, the definition of entertainer. Yeah. Like, you know, his songs are great and all, and, and we've all heard, but to see him live and the banter and how he talks about things yeah. and stuff, that, that's what really makes him special to yeah. me. Yeah. 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 So were you, um, were there band? did you see everybody live when you were younger? Um when I was younger, you oh, mentioned yeah. like Fiji. Yeah, I saw all those guys. Yeah, I, mean, I would go to Birthday Bash all the time. All oh, those okay. guys. Yeah. Um, was there a performance that stood out for you? Was there a moment that stood out for you? Um, it was. It was more. Like, I, I, like we mentioned about the because you were bash. like ten when this came out. Sure. Yeah, I was ten. <laughs> yeah, we had to leave early because bedtime. Um, no. Uh, it it was uh, like we said. It was more like the the environment, the camaraderie. So. Um, it was more just being on the lawn because it was at the, it was at the yeah. shell, right? Yeah. Now yeah, it's yeah, at yeah. the stadium. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're not sitting down at the stadium. <laughs> no, 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 no. So you know, being with friends and 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 family, and um, it was more so that and having that music kind of be like the the underscore to just having good times with people mm. that you know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and then everybody gets on the reggae train and <laughs> right. Yeah, those are some good times. Yeah. Doing the. Doing the conga line thing, yeah, or the jockey move and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, but but back in in those days, I was still like, 
I was young, so I, I have legit Thanks. stories. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go with my dad, so so we'd be in the seats. We, he didn't want to sit on the lawn. It was a few years later that I got to sit on the lawn. But yeah, those are some good memories, man. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember like dudes beefing on the lawn, all you know, stuff like that. That was uh, yeah one of the downsides. <laughs> yeah. So I was glad I was on the stage area, man. <laughs> Get to just watch all this stuff happening. Like, oh my yeah, God. I don't think there were any, there were any fights this weekend. I, I, I didn't see any. I think yeah. people are more mellow nowadays or I think something. So. I don't know. And there was, were older audience too. So yeah. Yeah. it's also to asphalt, man. Yeah. You, I mean, you get into a fight and you roll oh, it down yeah. the That's true too. That's not going to work out well. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Rolling down the grass is yeah. a lot different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. yeah. So, so you think there's still a viable audience for all this stuff out there and, yeah. I mean, there must be if if you can, if you can have nine thousand dollars, nine thousand dollars, nine thousand people at the birthday bash. Shoot, I forgot to silence my phone. Yep, there it goes. It's okay. All right, Devin. Yes. Uh, keep the interview going. I'm gonna go turn off my phone. <laughs> John is still actively working, apparently. Yeah. But um, yeah. So nine thousand people at at the birthday bash, mm-hmm. like this recent birthday bash. Yeah. And we remember the ones at the show where it was packed with at least that many people. Yeah. Um, and all the wonderful smells that were coming up from there. <laughs> but um, uh, was there anybody that surprised you uh, during the interview where you I mean, and you don't have to get into specifics, but mm-hmm. if there was, there was something where you went, huh, I didn't even think about that. Because you've interviewed... Like 20, 30 people now? I've interviewed a bunch of people so far, yeah. Um, uh, Penny Dean brought up something, um, and it's it's kind of like, uh, it's more about the business of mm-hmm. trying to make it as a as a local musician, mm-hmm. as a not just reggae, just as a local musician, as a musician, really, in general. And he he was saying that, a lot of a lot of uh, artists they get into it and they just want to play, uh, and they don't they don't think about how viable that is financially. And mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, if you want to do it, by all means, you know, come right in and try. But uh, you gotta handle your business. <laughs> you're gonna find out, like you know, if you're not hitting the pavement, if you're not touring, you're not recording, you're not constantly doing it. It's gonna be hard. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know a lot of a lot of these guys keep jobs on the side and then people don't realize that it's hard to be a full-time musician especially here in Hawaii and that's something i think maybe a lot of listeners don't don't realize when they you know they go out to these concerts and you know they buy the albums it's like you know some of these guys don't just do this to support mm. themselves it's hard you know yeah it's tough yeah. No, I, you know it's funny i thought about that even back in in their day i thought about them specifically mm-hmm. and um yeah i've always been kind of a nerd you know and kind but, of yeah always been a nerd right there you, you know, go but but anyway so um in in the hawaii music business i, I mean everybody's super nice and i think we all have a real passion to see people succeed like i've never felt like oh just because you know, somebody else succeeds doesn't mean that I can't succeed. You know, it's always been kind of this like, all, you know, we all lift each other together. Right. For the most part. There's a couple of people. <laughs> right. job names, but right. most everyone. And especially the guys in Natural Vibes, they've always been super nice and stuff. But I used to, I remember one time um, we had the Sea Life Park thing and we were playing. And then I thought, I was thinking about, because this is pre-internet, right? 
and I'm watching Natural Vibes. I'm like, okay, Natural Vibes do these great big shows, but how many great big shows are there in in a year? Versus like for Pure Heart, we we did weddings. We could do uh, like stage shows. We can do birthday parties, and we can do big shows. So we're always busy, right? Right. From a local perspective. Yeah. But for them, it's like. Before you could go tour the West Coast or stuff, I'm like, man, I don't know how these guys can do it because there's just yeah. not enough of these kind of events. Yeah. And yeah, now they they can, you know, because I think like the J-Bugs and the Greens and all that kind of figured out how to do that. Yeah. But yeah, in those days, man, I, I did. I remember one time just sitting there thinking about that, like how, how does this work out for them, especially because they got like. 10 guys in the band. Yeah, only, yeah. Get the, only get the three of you, yeah, so it's not easy, too, right? right? Hmm, and even all us, which, which is the, yeah, the three yeah. of us was kind of, it's not like we were making a killing, you yeah. know? So, yeah, so, um, and then and then years later, I did a, um, a career day at Kaiser High School, oh. and it was me and, um, uh, well, why, why am I having the biggest brain fart of all time? <laughs> Wayne, for the uh, guitar player. Oh, oh right, Wayne. yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, he talked about harmonizing in a band, you know, like and stuff. And I, I bust out this like, when you sell a CD, you get this amount. And by, <laughs> so you need to sell this many CDs. I think the kids are like super bored. <laughs> but then after he's like, oh, man, I wish I knew that. Oh, when I oh. My <laughs> deal, <you know? laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, you know, th- these guys back in those days, especially was it must have been really tough for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially if you have 10 guys in the group. Um, yeah. And now when they tour you you take everything to the west coast and you're touring as somebody else had mentioned uh, somebody else i interviewed had mentioned that they were managing one of the younger groups and um i forget the artist but uh he had to teach them how to deal with merch you know do you Mm. drop it in to your where Mm. you going next do you take it with you and something that like it's like on a scale that I never heard like local music on like you know touring the west coast and you're on a bus and you gotta like drop your merch at the next at the next city like this is like big time stuff yeah Yeah. it's a lot to think about for for these small these bands yeah Yeah. huh (laughs) so um musically are you kind of all over the place are you mostly into reggae is it I wouldn't say I'm mostly into reggae i really like it i appreciate it a lot and i've listened to a lot of it just just by virtue of growing up here um but i would say if i had to do listen to one it'd be traditional hawaiian music that's the thing mm. i always go to i can always just put it on i can listen to it whenever um i like all kinds of music uh, it's kind of like a the cop-out kind of answer i like everything but <laughs> i mean it's true i listen to everything um but the one that i can always just come back to is huyohana really oh, stuff wow. like oh, that yeah, yeah. Oh, okay mm-hmm. okay oh classic yeah well okay let's let's pivot a little bit because i do want to hear about this sam choice show a little bit <laughs> okay <laughs> and, and we um so the question I, I asked you that i wanted to do it on, on camera was oh. What what is the difference for TV being a producer versus right. an executive producer? Yeah, I think it's I think it's different for every project. Honestly, oh, okay. um, I don't think there's like a set thing. As an executive producer, you do this, and as a producer, you do that. I think the executive producer, the main difference is they oversee everything, 
um oh. yeah and this oversees what the producer does so um as executive producer was well, different too because at kon i wasn't just the executive producer i was also directing i also edited oh <laughs> I also my God. shot oh, man dude. you know it's you gotta do everything you know wow. <laughs> um so my job as executive producer was way different from like a hollywood executive producer would be um sometimes the executive producer is just the person with the money and they hire mm. everyone see that's all what i always thought mm -hmm. was the executive producer the guy who pays for everything yeah yeah um sometimes they have the idea sometimes they have the creative oh, um, okay, okay. but they're the ones that facilitate it whatever that means for whatever project you're on that the executive producer is the one that facilitates the making of the stuff to me and then the producer's just a level below that like you have line producers you have producers in charge of scheduling things you have producers mm, in charge of i see gear you know so oh i got it okay yeah because from a music standpoint, usually your producer is the person who takes the, you know, artist comes with an idea mm -hmm. for a song and you're the one that goes like, okay, here's how we're going to structure this song. You know, like this one should be an acoustic one or we're going to do, the, we're going to do a big band on this. So we should get this guy to come play a guitar, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. They kind of like help make a sound out of it. But a TV, there's so many produced because there's so many pieces mm -hmm. beyond just the product itself yeah and a tv producer can can do that as well you know shoot it this way and that way you know they can they can have a hand in creative yeah. in, in that same way and okay so was the sam Choi show your idea no okay, uh, sam so. came in with that idea oh yeah. okay hmm. and he said brah i can go to anybody's house <laughs> look in their fridge and make something he can he can but that's what that's what he pitched though is that how it came through pretty much yeah he oh, had he had he had brought uh, another uh he had a guy with him that he was doing creative he was doing the creative with and they had shot like a couple pilots for youtube and that's what they ah. brought to it they just went to friend's house and they and they did it that way and so keicho and picked it up yeah and then so where does john veneri come in because he so you guys figure <laughs> well we said we were doing a food show what's and john then, uh, doing <laughs> just, yeah, just, no. kidding. just kidding john <laughs> Yeah, we just said uh, Sam Choi is coming and uh, he's going to be doing a cooking show. And he was like, oh, I want to be a part. No, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. That sounds like job, no, actually. <laughs> no. Um, it just we felt like there was a, a better dynamic with Sam and John, yeah. as you saw. Yeah, 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 like they're yeah, two yeah. kind of like yeah, opposites, but they really play off well. each other. Yeah. yeah so um, that's how it became. You know, John is kind of like the 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 play-by-play, -play, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. And Sam is just doing his thing because yeah, I, I wouldn't want the roles to be switched where, where john is cooking and <laughs> although <laughs> sam is sitting there going so what you can make <laughs> although that that might be a good show well, yeah. but yeah, sam, yeah it's hard but maybe if you can do that one make sure it's at like sam's house <laughs> yeah that would actually be kind of interesting yeah yeah sam's it, face yeah, just is horrified oh actually i'm sorry we did do oh, that did you do that oh, we no. went to sam's house but uh sam's son did the cooking not oh, john yeah, no, let's make oh. john do it yeah. make john do it <laughs> no and, and I'm I guess be in it, so much trouble when he comes with the pot. <laughs> it does help too because John's going to move the show forward in yep. an interesting way, no matter who the. Because right. you know you got, uh, I'm trying to. You do Frank DeLima one mm. day. His yep. fridge, he's super interesting. And then you go to some person that has doesn't yep. really like to talk too much or yep. whatever. Then you got John at least kind of pushing the thing along. Yeah, that that was the point of it too. It's hard. It's hard for Sam to be in the mindset of like he's trying to figure out what to yeah. do and he's cooking. And he can't really 
host at the same time. You, yeah, know, you have to have yeah. somebody who's thinking about moving that forward and getting from point A to point B to point C. So adding another host for Sam. Yeah. How that, many um, cuts do you have to make when you do it? Because they gotta they gotta get there. They yeah. gotta open the fridge. They gotta, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was shot documentary style, um, meaning we didn't plan anything. We showed with a crew. Um, most times we just went off a single picture of what the kitchen looked like. Really? And we get there and it's like way smaller than we thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and we just could be, it was important because the, the whole point of the show is to teach you how not, not to waste food and how to, you know. Mm. Um, so it had to be real. It had to be mm. in a real house because if you just, if it's staged and it's set, it doesn't really, you don't learn anything. Look at our that. lovely place yeah. that we just showed up to. Yeah. Nobody knew we were going to so, be here. So who had the least amount of food? <clears throat> um, that would be uh, Jamie O'Brien. Oh, oh Jamie quick. O'Brien. I don't know if they. I don't know if they that's live that, in that sense. house most most time most of the time because mm-hmm. it it had literally nothing. So we had to go foodland poo poo kale to go oh, pick really? up. Oh <laughs> really? Yeah. It was like one sausage, like a like a. <laughs> it was like like impossible. To make so stuff. Even, so even Sam is tapping out like, bah, yeah. no can, dude. Yeah. There, was, there was nothing in there. I thought <laughs> Shannon Scott had a, only a little bit in his... Uh, Ooh, um, Shannon. Shannon had, a, Shannon had a good amount. He had a good yeah. amount? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, someone told me bad information then. <laughs> he, he, his was all right. Uh, I can't remember what we made. I think there was a bread pudding we made. Oh, yeah. wow. Man. Yeah, Sam can just make you know, whatever. You be, yeah. Yeah, for those of you who watch the show, I was on the show, yeah. and I can guarantee you that there is no pr- like Sam just came and looked at the mm-hmm. thing, and he just started making stuff, and it was amazing. Yeah. I was just super nervous because I don't cook, mm-hmm. so at all, at all. <laughs> so I think at one time he's like, "Oh, I want you over there, and I want you to to shred the chicken." I'm like, uh, "How do I do that? How do I do that?" <laughs> yeah, it was just the most easiest thing. He's like, "Just break it up with your hands." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Well, no well, we we had we had we had worse. We had a guy who didn't know how to. St- he didn't. It was he was making roux. So roux is just you stir the flour in the pot, right? Yeah. He's like like this, like this, like this. And Sam <laughs> had to take it over. It's like the simplest <laughs> job. Uh, so, yeah, so yeah. anyway, I mean, for those of you who are who are unfamiliar with the show, maybe we back up a little bit and explain to them. Oh, yeah, yeah, how okay. the show works because oh, the three of us know the show, but um, just in case you haven't watched it, it really is fascinating viewing <laughs> yeah wait is it still somewhere where people can find it online somewhere? um i assume that they're still posting it on youtube <laughs> i don't know um i think i think it's still online i think it's still so it's sam's kitchen right uh sam sam, sam choice in the kitchen is sam choice in the kitchen yes. okay dev why don't you give a brief explanation? so basically it was sam Choi and uh john venary sam Choi, of course being a world famous chef john venary um, is famous for being on TV. <laughs> and, no, I'm kidding. And being a, a, a UH uh, football player. Uh, but he has uh, been on TV and the whole thing. Anyway, the two of them go to somebody's house. Sam opens a fridge and makes stuff. That's whatever's in the fridge. Whatever's That's in the all fridge. he's got. You mm-hmm. don't even have to... Yeah, they just come over to the house, open a fridge, and he goes, okay, we're going to make fried rice, or we're going to make yeah. lumpia, or we're going to make whatever. He just finds something. And... It's unusual in that it's real. It's like chopped. It's an. It's. It happens there, um, in the kitchen as it's going, and yep. John can verify, and uh, the kind mm-hmm. Jesse can verify as well. That yep. yeah, they don't. 
They don't doctor things. No, no, no. We, we, yeah, we well, unless it's really bad, like only get one sausage in a fridge yeah. and then they got to do something. We had to do that just that one time because there was literally nothing in there. It's like one sausage. But at least, you know, Jamie wasn't BSing, you know? No, no, no. Like he didn't no. like prep. Because I know Calais, them, they kind of, they knew Sam was coming. Yeah. So they had certain things that they kind of, you yeah. know, that they had in the fridge. I mean, they didn't completely prep, but... Yeah. They had the crab, like I said, that they caught. Yeah. So I was like, oh, let's see what he does with this. You know, so they put it in. The and that is maybe the one thing that you could consider, like, not authentic. Is families know we're coming. We don't just knock on the door and show up. So in anticipation, they'll put stuff in their fridge. Like, mm. uh, you know, ahi or, like, fresh stuff. And so Sam will purposely kind of be like, he, he'll, he'll go for the older looking things, <laughs> the leftover stuff. Which one get green on top? Yeah, because yeah. otherwise but every I episode mean, would be poking. You know yeah, I, mean? Yeah. I mean, our episode, he had these greens, but there was no dressing for anything. Mm-hmm. And then he used the, the, the juice from the crab and some right. fruits, and he made some kind of salad dressing out of that. Really? Yeah. 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 Wow. I was like, whoa, dang. And it was good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was good. I was like, jeez, that's pretty crazy. He made salad dressing out of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah, he's he's super talented. I mean, I was super uh, impressed. He's been cooking for a long time, man. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, uh, obviously he's good. I mean, he's been, he's been doing it for a long time, and he's got all these books and stuff. Right. Nice guy, by the way, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was great. All right. Well, yeah. when when should we expect this documentary to come out on the reggae stuff? Um, I'm aiming for the end of the year. Okay. Um, wow. A lot of bands are on tour, so. Um, oh. It's going to be just if I can get everything shot. Um, Is there anybody or, specific that you are looking to get that you just have not been able to get in touch with yet? Fiji is like the main oh. one. Oh, okay, you know? okay. I, I know uh, I know a few people that know him, but you know that's the one that. I mean, I don't know how I can tell this story without talking to him. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, and Butch, Butch Helimon is uh, from what I understand is uh, is a ghost. Like he's just like nobody can, f- nobody can help me. <laughs> e- even people have performed with him. Even longtime musicians from uh-huh. that era. Sunway like, actually, who's performed me. Actually, oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Sunway, so, who's on with me. She actually knew him personally. Played yeah. in his band, and I don't think she even I'm knows sure. how to get a hold of him. Yeah. So yeah. those are the two, the two main ones. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm trying that, to. That get. adds okay. to his Fiji, If you're watching, yeah. Butch. Yeah. If anybody out there knows Fiji, please. I, I please. do not have his number on my oh. in my cell phone. Because he used to right. change his number all the time. I can him imagine. And David, yeah, him and David Daniels. Those guys would change their names. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Numbers yeah. every two seconds. So I also have to talk to David. He, I emailed oh, him okay. and it uh, left me on red. So if David's watching, okay. can you? Okay, no worry. We'll, we'll uh, call him right after this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. yeah David, 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 we yeah. can help. Yeah, yeah Dave would be able to. Is Fiji Dave even here? Was, was he here for the birthday bash? N- he was not. Because no. he's I, been in California, right? He may be based in California. No, I'm not sure. He's having some health stuff, too. So. Yeah. yeah 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 all right okay well before we go jesse mm-hmm. <laughs> we have our last question which okay. we ask all our all of our guests since all this right. is technically a musical podcast if you were stranded on a desert island and had to stay there for the rest of time all of eternity and you could only take three albums with you to listen to musically for the rest of time yeah what would those three albums be? It kind of be best ofs. Oh. You old, so I go. I think that would you be older, so I can give you that that rule. It kind of be best ofs. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say Pure Heart 1, Pure oh Heart my, 2, oh and, Pure Heart, and Pure Heart 2.5. <laughs> no, 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 no,
It's a serious question, no, Jeff. Like, serious, <laughs> serious question. No, yeah. Oh, man. Three three albums. I say I listen to everything. So. Yeah, I know. This, I, I exactly. this is going to be kind of a hard question for you. Let's just go three local music albums. Let's narrow it down then. Okay. Um, I would say Tropical Hawaiian Day would probably be one. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. I can't use Best of Huyohana, so I'll use... Huyohana live in Tahiti, maybe. Oh mm. yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, and it's the one to come on over, right? Was on that one. Yeah, yeah. And um, oh man. Now, Huyohana, I'm actually I'm actually enjoying watching question. him roll through his Rolodex. Huyohana, the the one that ha- they're um cartoon drawn on the front it's kind of blue cover yeah that's a that's a best of i think that was best of volume two the yellow cover is volume one and that would have been that would have been on my best of volume one would have been would have been one of my choices yeah i like that too um i think i tell this story a lot but i bought that best of volume two and i was playing i played it in my car i didn't know who who yohana was um this is i'm just barely getting into high school or something like that I was like, man, this is really good. More bands should play like this band. <laughs> yeah. You know, like not thinking like <laughs> these are like the greatest musicians to come out of Hawaii or whatever. <laughs> right. It's not that easy to just play like the Huyohana, you know? I'm like, yeah. oh, why don't more people do this? Right. This sounds really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ledward is uh, one of my favorite, all, not just local musicians, but all time. Like, yeah. You know, if you can make a guitar look like a toy when you play it, yeah. like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, Man, what is the third? It is funny, you know. A lot of those slacky guys, because I, I have been able to spend time with them. Constant. Ledward's one, George Kuo's one, Dennis, always playing. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you, you backstage, they're playing. Mm-hmm. You at the hotel, they're playing. You on stage, they're playing. You know. Yep. I just, I just never was could get into that mind frame, and that's why yep. they're the best. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. Man. I don't know. Who's number three? Who's number three? Now I should pick a reggae one, huh? Yeah. Might, sure. That would make sense. Right? Okay. okay. Some dance music. We'll go reggae block party then. Oh, oh nice. Wow. All right. Okay. 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 All right, man. Well, well, when your uh, documentary is done, please come back. Oh, I will. I want to, we want to promote it and get it out there. And, and it's pretty exciting. I'm, 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 I'm pretty excited to, to see this thing. I you know, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Devin, anything you got coming up? Uh, no. Oh, I actually have something oh. on Saturday. So if it, you guys are in the Eva area at the place with the with the wave, you know, the wave tank oh, thing in yeah, Eva Beach now? Pool, yeah. There's a restaurant there. I can't remember what it is, but I'm playing there. The lineup? Saturday. <laughs> the lineup, yes. I'm going to be at the lineup 6 to 8 on Saturday with Herbo to Junior. So please come by and say hello. I'm sorry, but I love you, but that's Eva. Yeah, I know. Um, Herb was like, hey, he calls me up, hey, you mind driving out to Eva? <laughs> I'm like, well, wh- what day is it? It's like, Saturday, the 5th. I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, because at least it's not going to be traffic, you know? I guess. Well, I'm like, yeah, do I have to bring sound? You gotta, you're going out to that thing. Yeah, but, nah, it should be all right. I said, uh, do I have to bring sound? No. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so so we'll be there on Saturday. Okay. I live in Eva, so maybe I'll maybe I'll see. There you yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. So come on down. This will be our first time, so uh, maybe Who we're supposed to play happen. there like once a month or something. I'll let you know how it goes. Oh wow. Okay. Uh till next week. Thanks everybody. Kyle, we'll see you later. 
and uh, have a great week. Thanks, Jess.